الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم فذكروني اذكركم واشكروا لي ولا تكفرون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ذاق طعم الايمان من رضي بالله ربا وبالاسلام دينا وبمحمد رسولا او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسبكت علماء الكرام برادرز ان الرز لايف ان دنيا ايفري مومنت ايفري فراكشن اوف ا مومنت is ticking away nobody has come to live forever nobody will ever live forever the most beloved to allah tbaraka wa taala rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam before he was his time had come to leave the dunya long before that also allah taala already announced to him innaka mayyitu wa innahum mayyitun that a day will come when you will also leave this dunya and everybody else will also leave this dunya nobody is here to stay we are all on a journey we are all headed towards the akhirat and therefore nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says kun fi dunya ka annaka gharib aw aabiru sabeel that this is a journey everybody is on a journey so be in this dunya ka annaka gharib as if you are a stranger rather not just a stranger a stranger sometimes is living he is a stranger to the place that he is not a resident there He's come from far off, but he's stationed there for sometimes 10 days, 20 days, one month. The Bishlasim says that too is a stranger. Don't be a stranger. Rather be a Aabiru Sabil, somebody who's on the road. Somebody who's on the road is a very different situation. Person who is a stranger but stationed somewhere, he too makes himself comfortable to a point. But the person on the road, he is not really concerned much. As long as his journey continues comfortably, he's fine. and if he is not too comfortable also he is looking ahead to the destination very soon i will reach home when i reach home then i will have my comfortable bed then i will have a good rest now the food is not to my liking but very soon i'll be home then the meals that i'm very fond of those meals will be available to me this tea is also half cold and half hot doesn't matter just now i'll be home i'll have a hot cup of tea when i get home his focus and desti- his focus and attention is on his destination so therefore even the journey he is not too concerned about the things that are not too crucial to making that journey making his move on that road to his destination correct that is his objective so likewise we are in this dunya but when insan comes in this dunya often we tend to forget that we are on a journey and life will come to an end there was a great personality sheikh fariduddin attar rahmatullah alayh sometimes allah taala creates some means when a person has that talab when a person has that yearning from within for hidayat for guidance to get back to allah taala and this is the first step to getting to allah taala that thirst and that yearning from within yahdi ilayhi may yunib latala says that we guide latala guides to himself the one who has that deep inclination that inabad he is yearning he wants to get there and the person who is indifferent the person who does not want it latala says anulzimukumuha wa antum laha karihun are we going to force it down your throat when you don't want it so allah taala there's a nizam there's a system one is the qudrat of allah taala the qudrat of allah taala that is something which is above everything allah taala wills in one moment allah taala can give hidayah to every single human being but there's a system and the system is that the one who wants it will make an effort for it he'll get it so the first step is that yearning creating that talab yahdi ilayhi may yunib when a person has a very sincere talab when he has a very deep yearning 
And sometimes Allah Ta'ala will create some miraculous situations for his turnaround. So there was this great personality of his time. At that time he was just an ordinary <coughs> businessman and he wasn't somebody very conscious of his deen. But this yearning was there. Stalab was there. So he was a person who used to sell ether and all these Yunani medicines in all small little bottles. And he was somebody who had a big shop filled with all these different sizes and different shapes and different types of bottles. So one person comes in and he's looking around. So the Sheikh Fariduddin Tar Rahmatullah he asks him that, do you want something? So he says, no, I'm just looking. So in any case, he keeps looking and he's looking very intently at everything, left, right. So after a while, he asks him again that, do you want to buy something? So he says, no, I don't want to buy anything. Person has come, he's inside the shop, he's saying he doesn't want to buy anything. So again after a while, he asks him, but what are you looking at? You're looking, but after all, what are you looking? You don't want to buy anything. What are you looking at? So he says, what I am looking at is that there's all these bottles here, hundreds, maybe thousands of them. And I'm trying to figure out that when the time comes for your ruh and soul to be extracted, how is it going to happen? It will happen, but it's going to be a very, very difficult situation. Because your ruh and soul is attached to all, it's inside all these different hundreds of bottles. So now when your ruh is going to be extracted, it's going to have to be extracted out of all these things. I'm trying to figure out this. So Sheikh Fariduddin Attar was a person who wasn't very conscious of deen at that time. And now somebody is talking to him in this way. He's a prominent businessman. And now somebody is telling him that I'm trying to figure out how your soul is going to come out of all these bottles. So he got upset. You are upset and in retaliation, so to say, he said, you worried about how I'm going to die. How are you going to die? You're concerned about how my ruh is going to come out, how your ruh will come out. As you said, sometimes when a person has this true talab, this genuine yearning, his yearning for deen, his yearning for progress towards Allah Ta'ala, every person has this capacity to yearn for something. But by and large, our yearning is for dunya. By and large, a person in the midst of those amal that are meant to take him closer to Allah Ta'ala, even in those amal too, his yearning is still for dunya. He's in the highest, in the peak of his salah, which is sajda. But in sajda also, his dunya hasn't left him. So the talab is there. The talab is in every insan. The child, when the child is born, without the talab, the child is not even fed. The, mother, the milk comes into the mother on the talab of the child. So the talab is it's a natural part of insan. But the requirement is to turn this talab towards akhirat. To turn this talab and this yearning towards Allah Ta'ala. To desire that love of Allah Ta'ala, like presently we currently desire this dunya. So in any case, Sheikh Fariduddin got upset and he said to him, you worried about how my ru is going to come out, how is your ru going to come out? So this person was, Allah Ta'ala had created this means, he said, you want to see how my ru will come out? You see, I got nothing, I don't have anything in dunya, I'm just, what I have is me, this is me. So you want to see how my ru will come out? This is how it will come out, saying that he lay down on the floor right there and the next thing the man passed away. In a moment he was gone. And this entire thing happened right in front of Sheikh Fariduddin Attar Rahmatullah's eyes. It struck him very deeply and that became the turning point in his life. He gave up all the engagements in dunya and devoted himself to the worship of Allah wa ta'ala and towards the recognition of Allah ta'ala and in time he became Sheikh Fariduddin Attar. Before that he was just Attar, was, this was his occupation. So this became his title. But he became among the great awliya of the time. 
But the lesson was that this talab became the turning point. And the lesson in this again together with that is that for each one to contemplate that where is my heart attached. One is possessing the material things. Possessing the material things, this is not impermissible. Allah Ta'ala has made it permissible. قُلْ مَنْ حَرَّمَ زِينَةَ اللَّهِ الَّتِي أَخْرَجَ لِعِبَادِهِ وَالطَّيِّبَاتِ مِنَ الرِّزْقِ Allah Ta'ala has made the permissible ni'mats as a bounty for insan. Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with various innumerable bounties. But what is the problem is, if those bounties, those ni'mats become the focus of a person's attention to the detriment of his akhirat, when this becomes the object of life, and now he is entire heart and mind is focused towards how to keep these numbers turning. Whatever is muqaddar, whatever is decreed for one, he cannot escape it. As much as he may try not to take it too, he will take it. As much as he will try to avoid it, it will come to him. That well-known incident about one person who he heard some bayan that whatever is meant for you must come to you. So he came home and he started discussing this with his mother. And he's saying, well, this is all these things we keep hearing about, all these stories. But if I don't want to eat something, I won't eat it. Who's going to force me to eat it? And I've decided I'm not going to eat now. So his mother is trying to convince him, please eat. But he says, no, I want to see what's going to happen. Because the story about whatever is meant for you must come to you. So you cook this food for me, but I'm not going to eat it. In any case, he, in order to make sure he doesn't eat it, he left the house. Now to just let the time pass, he came and lay down in the Qabristan. And then he fell asleep. His mother came along looking. She brought the food along as well. She sees a son there, so she kept it there and went away. And this fellow carried on sleeping till it became dark. After a while, some people with some intentions of stealing and robbing, they happened to now come and they decided to take a shortcut through the Qabristan. As they're coming past, they see a very strange scene. Somebody sleeping in a Qabristan. We only know people sleep under the ground in the Qabristan. This fellow is sleeping on top of the ground. This is a very strange thing. Then it crossed their minds with this, what is this pot of food doing here? This seems to be a trap. This seems to be somebody set up a trap for us that we will pass here and we will eat this food. It's poisoned or something. Maybe this fellow came to leave it himself. It may be poisoned. So this seems to be a trap. So they decided, well, the best way to find out whether this is really poisoned or not is this fellow sleeping here. So they woke him up. He saw that food, he recognized it. His mother probably brought it here. So he told him, eat. He had decided not to eat because he was trying to prove a point. So he said, no, I'm not eating. So they were even more convinced now that definitely this is the problem. Why doesn't he want to eat? So they began beating him. So when he began out of, just to save his life, so he started eating. Now when they saw he's eating and he's nothing happening to him, so they decided, why give him everything? They cleaned it up. But in any case, now when he came home eventually, now he says to his mother, but you know what, really what the Mona said was right. But he missed out one point. That you better eat it without getting hiding, otherwise you get hiding and you have to eat it. <laughs> so sooner or later you're going to have to eat it. But you rather take it the easy way, otherwise you're going to get it the hard way. But the point is that what is muqaddar in terms of dunya, what is decreed for a person, he cannot escape that. Allah Ta'ala has decreed something for a person. His risk runs behind him just like death is behind him. Just as he cannot escape death, he cannot escape his risk. So whatever is meant for him, The person will never meet death until he has completed his risk. The last drop and the last grain of risk that was decreed for him till he doesn't complete that, death won't come to him. So the thing to focus is, whatever normal efforts a person is required to make, he'll make in moderation. The moderate efforts for earning his risk he'll make, but his objective will be the akhirat. His true yearning will be the hereafter. And this is what is the aspect that has been described, or rather the thing that we are being led to in this hadith sharif, when Nabi Islam says, Zaqata amal iman. Man billahi rabba. That person has tasted the sweetness of Iman, the taste of Iman. Who will taste the taste of Iman? 
the person who has these three qualities. Now the first thing that he is being told to us here is that Iman also has a taste. Now, Iman has a taste and you put it on your tongue and taste something. So Iman is not a tangible thing. But just as some very delicious food, a person puts it on his tongue and his whole body is now absorbed in that taste. So likewise, there's a taste of the heart. When a person has truly tasted Iman, then just as that taste of, he put that morsel on his tongue, but from, it's a very sweet thing and if he's a person especially who's got a sweet tooth, when he puts that small piece of sweet meat or whatever on his tongue, from head to toe he can feel the sweetness. He is immersed in that taste. Likewise, when a person has truly tasted Iman, the sweetness of Iman has settled in his heart. Then from head to toe, the sweetness of Iman will flow out. And he will taste this Iman through every limb of his body. Now his eyes also will be what that Iman dictates. His ears will also be very, very comfortable with listening to that which takes a person closer to Allah Ta'ala. The recitation of the Quran Sharif, that will be the real comfort of his ears and heart. And listening to those things that take him away from Allah Ta'ala, the sounds of music, the sounds of ghibat, and filthy talk, and all other kinds of evil, this will be like a person is being, something very very bitter is being put onto his tongue, and he then feels that bitterness throughout his body, when a person has the correct taste in his heart, like a person who is not sick, provided he is not sick, he is healthy, then that bitter substance tastes extremely bitter. And he put it on his tongue, but from head to toe he is restless. So likewise, when a person has the health of the heart, the spiritual heart, and the spiritual heart is not filled with disease, now if something is going to become an obstacle in his path to Allah Ta'ala, he'll get the extremely bitter taste of that. And he will not want to get anywhere close to it. That music, that ghibat, that listening to any haram, looking at haram, that will not give him any pleasure. That will be something that will be detested to him. And if it's not detested also, he will be ready to give in to break that heart. If it seems like he's going to break to pieces, when he's trying to keep himself from looking at any haram, casting any haram glances, listening to any haram, speaking any haram, and at that time the desire of the heart is tugging very deeply. And it seems like if he's not going to give in to this temptation, his heart will break. He says, if it breaks, then it breaks for Allah Ta'ala. That's very good. But I will not allow the command of Allah Ta'ala to break. So that too takes a person at a high speed towards Allah Ta'ala. So Nabi Islam is saying, amal iman. That person has tasted Iman. The sweetness of Iman will come into the depths of his heart. Just as there is a sweetness on the tongue, there is a sweetness in the heart. In the hadith, Nabi Islam says, that sahmum min sihami iblisa masmum. That the lustful glance is a poisonous arrow of shaitan. And Allah Ta'ala says, Allah Ta'ala is saying, this is a hadith of Qudsi, that this lustful glance is a poisonous arrow of shaitan. And Mantarakaha Makhafati, Allah Ta'ala says, the one who will forsake this, leave it out of my fear. Not because he's looking around and insan are watching now. Insan are watching, but insan won't watch all the time. So he'll turn and look behind his shoulder, he may not see any insan around. But does that mean nobody's watching? Is Allah Ta'ala not watching? Allah Ta'ala is watching. There are other makhluk of Allah Ta'ala also watching. The kiraman katibin, the angels Allah Ta'ala has with every person, they are also watching, they are recording also. And when a person keeps being totally heedless, that Allah Ta'ala is watching, and other makhluk, the angels etc. are watching, a person just keeps being heedless, Allah forbid, then Allah Ta'ala even makes the makhluk of insan also sooner or later watch it. What is somebody up to? 
Allah Ta'ala exposes it then. Allah Ta'ala gives rope, gives respite, 1, 2, 10, 20, 50. But a person is totally unconcerned. It doesn't matter to him, I'm too smart. I can cover my tracks very well. Whoever got caught, they got caught because they were stupid. I'm too smart. So now, when a person goes recklessly into sin, then eventually that rope runs out. And when the rope runs out, then it's too late. Allah Ta'ala, in many many ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala speaks about the various nations of the past and what respite Allah Ta'ala gave them. He gave them respite. But they took the wrong end of the stick. They took it that this respite is actually meaning that we, we are, that everything is fine for us. Fir'aun, Allah Ta'ala gave him respite. He took the wrong end of the stick. Don't you see, I have this whole, I'm, this whole country is under me. I have these palaces with rivers flowing beneath me. Is this all just like that? Does it mean that I am now lost? I have, I'm completely down and out. I have everything at my disposal. He took the wrong end of the stick. As a result, finally that day came when destruction came. So, in this hadith, Nabi Salaam says that Allah Ta'ala says, the person who will forsake this haram glance out of my fear, not out of the fear of insan, Allah is watching. Then whether a person is in public, whether he is in privacy, whether he is in the midst of hundred people, or whether he is totally alone in terms of insan, there is no other human being with him, but he knows he is never alone. He is never alone, Allah Ta'ala is watching. The angels of Allah Ta'ala are watching also. So, مَنْ تَرَكَهَا مَخَافَتِي أَبْدَلْتُ بِهَا إِيمَانًا يَجِدُ حَلَاوَتَهُ فِي قَلْبِهِ Nabi Islam says that Allah Ta'ala says, the one who leaves this out of my fear, I will give him such sweetness of iman, I will give him that iman which he will taste its sweetness in his heart. He will taste its sweetness in his heart. Now some explain this as meaning that he will get the taste and the sweetness of ibadat. So this is it also. That he will get this taste of ibadat. He gave up haram pleasure. Allah Ta'ala gives him that pleasure in halal. Now when he makes ibadat, that ibadat becomes a source of great enjoyment for him. Though that is not the object of ibadat. Ibadat is for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. A person doesn't get any feeling in his ibadat also, but he is constant on that. He is moving forward. And a person who is doing it for some feeling, and he got that feeling one day and five days, and then he didn't get it, he left it, then he is far behind. Because ibadat is not for feelings. If it's a good feeling, mashallah, that's a ni'mat also. And there's no feeling also, there's no deficiency. The maqsood is the amal. And that itself is a means to the main objective of getting the closeness of Allah Ta'ala and gaining His recognition. So, some explain it as this taste of ibadat. And some say that it is a physical sweetness. Like a person puts something on his tongue and he feels that sweetness physically. This is a physical taste. What is in the ibadat is obvious. That will happen also. But he will feel this taste of iman in his heart. So, in this hadith we were discussing, Nabi Islam says, Zaqata'mal iman, man radiya billahi rabba. Now, who will gain the sweetness of iman? Who will taste this iman? The person who has these three things in his life. One is man radiya billahi rabba. The one who is content with Allah Ta'ala being his rabb. Radiya refers to here that a person being content. person is pleased with something when he's content with it. Literally this translated means he's pleased with Allah Ta'ala. Meaning he has, he's totally content. Allah Ta'ala is my Rabb, I need nobody else. I don't have to turn to anyone else. Anything and everything I turn to Allah Ta'ala alone. Allah Ta'ala is my creator. He's my sustainer. He's my nourisher. And anything and everything I have is from Allah Ta'ala alone. And one day I'm going to have to answer to Him for everything also. On that day, all the bounties and favors of Allah Ta'ala 
Allah Ta'ala says you will be questioned about it. Once Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi came out from his house, purely out of the severity of the pangs of hunger. Can we imagine that situation? That number one, not to think of Nabi Islam and the Sahaba Ikram as ourselves. Where our strength finishes off, maybe a hundred miles later, they are still strong enough. In other words, their resilience, their strength was far beyond us. If we will start feeling the pangs of hunger after maybe three hours, four hours, five hours, that degree of the pangs of hunger will come maybe after five times that amount of time. Much more maybe. So, despite that resilience, despite that strength, this pangs of hunger were to now that level that it brought Nabi Islam out of his house. Can we imagine what level it might have been? If we had to suffer that pangs of hunger, we won't be able to walk out of the house. But just fall collapse there. And after a while, Hazrat Abu Bakr comes. Nabi Islam asks him that this is an odd time you are out of your house. This is the middle of the day. It's extremely hot. Nobody comes out this time. What brought you out? So he says that to see the face of Rasulullah because he was brought out by his hunger and he knew what he's going to for him just merely seeing the Mubarak countenance of Nabi was enough to make him forget his hunger also. So he came out with this objective I will see the Mubarak countenance of Rasulullah I'll forget all my dunya also my pains and my difficulties. Short while later that Umar comes Nabi Sallallahu asked him, what brought you? He said, Al-Jur. Hunger. I've been brought out by hunger. Nabi Sallallahu says, I also felt the same. In any case, it's a lengthy incident. He finally takes them along and comes to the place of one Ansari Sahabi. And eventually he, the Sahabi, it's a lengthy incident, but the crux of it, he presents a meal to them. They eat some dates, some water, some meat was presented. Now after all this difficulty and hardship, such severe pangs of hunger, and then this food was received. And after they had eaten out of this, the Beast says to them that remember inna That remember these are the bounties that you are going to be questioned about on the day of Qiyamah. After this hunger, after this great difficulty, and that too totally in a halal and pure way this was presented as a gift to you but this too you will be questioned about but obviously the question will be answered very easily when everything was in that manner but at the same time it's a point of reflection that every ni'mad is something to be conscious about how did I get it, how did I spend it so I will be questioned about all these ni'mads on the day of Qiyamah so now a person who is totally content with Allah Ta'ala being his Rabb. So he's not looking left and right at anybody else. Allah alone is my creator. If I'm ill, Allah Ta'ala alone gives shifa. Yes, I will adopt the means, but my focus will be on Allah Ta'ala alone. Rizq comes from Allah Ta'ala alone. The means will be adopted, but the provider is not my shop, the provider is not my job, the provider is not my profession. The provider is nothing. Allah Ta'ala alone is the provider. So the person who has developed this yaqeen in Allah Ta'ala. Man radiya billahi rabba. Wa bil islami deena. And is totally content with Islam being his way of life. He's not looking for anything out of the borders of Islam. If it comes to his ibadat, then obviously nobody looks at how somebody is doing something in the church. How somebody is doing something in the synagogue, or how somebody is praying in the temple, he doesn't look at, he's so content with his ibadat in terms of Islam. So just as he is content with his ibadat, that this is the most perfect way, and there is nothing but this. Likewise, in his mu'amalat, in his dealings, he's totally content with the way that Islam has given him. He's not looking for anything outside that. And he is not tempted by anything outside that. Islam has given him a complete code of how to conduct his mu'amalat, his dealings. Islam has said you will deal in this manner. This is the halal way of dealing. So he's totally happy with that. Somebody offers him something outside that body. He says, I don't want it. I'm not interested. There's some interest involved in it. I will never touch it. I will never have anything to do with it. Because 
Islam he's totally content with Islam being his way of life. So it's like somebody who's got his food in front of him, excellent food, most delicious food, everything, the whole spread is there. And now somebody is coming to offer him something which he doesn't even know is this, whether this is uh, something poisonous or whether this is contaminated or it's, whether it is rotten or whatever it is. I got enough for myself. I don't need to look in fact what you have to offer me also. I have everything here. Anything and everything that I have is already here. So I am not going to accept anything from any stranger. So likewise his mu'amalat, his business dealings, he will only deal in that which Allah Ta'ala has given him in terms of Islam. I mean Islam, he's totally happy with that. He's not looking at somebody else. That this person seems to be progressing. Why he's progressing? Because he's selling all these haram things. I also need to do the same. La hawla wa la quwata illa bin. She says, whatever it is, this is what I will suffice on because this will be where the barakat will come. What Allah Ta'ala has given me, that is what I am happy with. When it comes to his social life, that is how he lives his life. Just as when he is in the masjid, for his salah, he is not looking at how somebody is praying in the church. So likewise, when he is having his nikah in the masjid, or when his nikah time has come, He's not looking out as how somebody else's wedding is taking place in the church. He's not also contemplating how he's going to walk his daughter down the aisle. Because walking down the aisle, that's where it came from, from the church. So he's totally happy with his way of life. When Nabi Islam says, Inna a'azaman nikahi barakatan aysaruhu ma'una. The nikah wherein the greatest barakat lies is that nikah wherein the least expenses were incurred. So now he's not looking in the church. That they're walking the people down the aisle, so I'm going to do the same. And because there's some dancing happening in the church, so he's going to have some dancing also. And because in the environments of shaitan, there's all the intermingling in the music and whatever else carries on. So he's totally happy with what Allah has given him. And what Nabi Islam has given him, his way of life of Islam. Abil Islami Deen. Deen is not restricted to the ibadat of the masjid. Deen is a complete way of life. Deen includes a person's salah, his fasting, his zakat, his hajj. It includes his business. It includes his marriage. It includes his funeral. It includes everything of his life. Deen is a way of life. It's not a religion of just worship. It's a way of life. So, Wabil Islami Deena, he's completely happy with Islam as being his deen, his way of life. He's content. And happiness is only in contentment. With dunya itself also. Happiness can only come not out of the abundance. Happiness will come out of contentment. And whatever amount a person has, Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with more. Alhamdulillah, I came in a halal way. It's a ni'mat. And if he's got less, but if he's content, then he's happy. And if he's not content, then nothing can bring happiness. Nothing can bring happiness. Because every other day there will be something else. There will be the so-called ultimate in technology. One model will come out. This will be the ultimate in technology. But the year afterwards, now this was the ultimate. Now ultimate is the ultimate. Nothing beyond that. But the very next year there will be something beyond that already. And now his mind was that this is the ultimate. I must have this. But then something went beyond the ultimate. So there is no ultimate in dunya. Dunya is too small. The real place is akhirat. And the last person, last mu'min to enter jannat. The last mu'min. Nabi Islam gives this full description of how this person will be brought out of jahannam. And he will be sometimes walking and sometimes falling and sometimes crawling. And then somehow, eventually the lengthy hadith sharif, finally he will come to Allah Ta'ala will begin to the door of Jannah and it will appear to him this whole place is full now. I got no place in here. And see Allah, this place is full. Where am I going to wait? There's no place for me in here. He says, no, for you is actually this Jannah for you is the size of the world and ten times the size. Times ten. So he will even out of astonishment, he will say, Allah, are you playing the fool with me? Allah Ta'ala is saying, no, I'm not playing any fool with you. For you is Jannat, the size of the world and ten times the like thereof. This is the last Jannati. 
So this dunya is very very small. There can be no ultimate in dunya. But the person who has this contentment, his heart will be connected to the object of Jannat. That is far beyond our imagination. But Jannat is a place of happiness. And contentment will link his heart to that happiness. So as a result he will start feeling that peace. Just as a person involved in sin, sin is linked to Jahannam. So sin takes a person to the fire of Jahannam. So through sin, his heart is already getting connected to this fire. A person thinks he's looking at haram, he's going to appease himself. But he's connecting his eyes, appears that he's appeasing his eyes and getting some pleasure of his eyes. But he's connecting his heart to the fire of Jahannam. As a result, he is now a fish out of water. And now in order to try and douse those flames in his heart, he thinks now the way to do that is to look at more. So now he wants to look at worse also. And then looking at worse is not enough, he wants to do worse. Now this is a trap of shaitan. But shaitan then finally takes a person and drops him in the depths of disgrace and destruction. So the person who is content, Wabil Islam Idina, with Islam as his way of life, Wabi Muhammadin Rasulah, and with Muhammad being his Rasul, he is totally content, he is happy. That the Mubarak way of life of Rasulullah, this is it for him. He doesn't need to look anywhere else. He has everything in it. And he is more than happy having this as his way of life. To follow the way of Rasulullah. So when a person has acquired this, now Nabi Salaam says, Zaqata Amal Iman. He will get the true taste and the pleasure of Iman. And he will understand that inner depth of Iman. And when this Iman settles in the depths of the heart, then it cannot come out. Hina tu khalitu bashashatuhul qulub wa kadalika al-Iman. Ida khalata bashashatuhul qulub wa kamakal. That when this Iman then permeates the recesses of the heart, then this person, Allah Ta'ala keeps him safe and sound. So the effort to be made is on this heart, to bring in the reality of this Iman, to bring in this contentment with Allah Ta'ala being our Rabb, Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam being our guide, with Islam being our way of life, to become totally content on this in the sense that person is looking nowhere else for anything else. Everything is in this for him. And his success not only of Akhirat, even of dunya, is only in this, is nowhere else. So now when he has this focus, so he's all the time looking at how to enhance his akhirat. By means of his akhlaq, he'll adopt the best akhlaq. His akhlaq, what is akhlaq? To deal with the makhluk of Allah Ta'ala. This is the sum total of akhlaq. That to deal with the creation in such a way that the creator becomes pleased. To deal with the makhluk in such a way that Khalik becomes pleased. But in that, there are sacrifices. In making sabr, there are sacrifices. In adopting hilm and tolerance, there are sacrifices. In being generous, there are some sacrifices. So in aspects of akhlaq, there are sacrifices. But he's happy to do that. He's happy to undertake the sacrifice on himself, but deal with everybody in a way that Allah Ta'ala becomes pleased with him. If he has to suppress his own rights to make the next person happy, he'll do that too. To the extent of his capacity, he'll do that too. So, when will this become the case? When his focus is Akhirat. And he's worried about his attachment. Like we started off with that incident of Shaykh Farid al-Din that now this person gave him this wake-up call as we say. That where is your heart attached? Is it in all these bottles? There's no harm in owning these bottles, but if your heart and your soul is in all these things, you're going to have a hard time. So you know, man, no problem if this is in your hands. But don't put your heart into it. Don't let your soul be stuck into all this. Your dil, dust, bakar, dil, bayar. Dust means the hands. Hands in the work, but the heart for Allah Ta'ala alone. And in the heart, when Allah Ta'ala is in the heart, then the person, his whole life will be different. So this is what's to acquire, to bring the love of Allah Ta'ala, bring the marifat and recognition of Allah Ta'ala. And this requires that we keep ourselves in the environments of deen, in the efforts of deen, 
in the muzakaras of deen where this iman is being stirred where there is this constant reminder going out in the path of Allah Ta'ala we are joining in the gatherings of deen and keeping up with our ma'amulat with our daily practices our tilawat, our zikr, dua, tasbihat nafil ibadat with this constantly continuing to the extent that a person, his capacity is gradually progressing inshallah this contentment on Allah Ta'ala being our Rabb complete contentment on it a person not looking left and right for anything then complete contentment on Islam being his way of life complete contentment with Nabi Islam being his guide total, not looking left and right for anything then this will gradually become the position but it requires this correct environment, it requires the right company Nabi Islam says that فَلْيَنْزُرْ أَحَدُكُمْ مَنْ يُخَالِلْ الْمَرْءُ عَلَى دِينِ خَلِيلِهِ A person follows the way of his friend. The kind of company a person keeps. He keeps pious company, righteous company, good company. Then that will take him towards righteousness. But he starts joining company that is on a different note. That's going to take him in that direction. So keeping the right company, staying in the right environments. And making an effort to ensure the minimum is in place. And that will lead to more. The bare minimum is our faraiz. First and foremost our salah. Five times salah would jama'ah. And if we are in the vicinity of the masjid, not very far away from the masjid, then in the masjid. This is the first step. Our five times salah with jama'ah. Not four times. And not three and a half times. Five times salah with jama'ah. So five times salah with jama'ah, that is the first step. And then together with that, all the, all the other faraiz and the wajibat, the sunnat muakkada this is the bare minimum, this is the baseline. We don't compromise on this. And then as much as we can start moving ourselves forward in other amal and in getting closer to Allah Ta'ala, this will make our dunya also a place of peace and contentment. And the main thing is the akhirat, that the akhirat will become a place of happiness and Everlasting success for us. Billah tabarak wa ta'ala. Give us all the tawfiq. Wa akhiru da'wana. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Inshallah we'll make sikr for a short while and then do'a. It's reported in the Hadith Sharif that a person who recites La ilaha illallah a hundred times daily, Allah Ta'ala will make his face shine like the 14th moon on the day of Qiyamah. What this refers to is that inshallah with the daily recitation of the barkat of the daily recitation of this kalima hundred times, Allah Ta'ala will give him the tawfiq of righteous amal and give him the tawfiq of staying away from sin and inshallah this will become the means of this great honor on the day of Qiyamah so this is something that we should try and keep up with daily we are doing it like this in this joint manner this is just merely to encourage us to teach us but this is something to be done in our space and time daily inshallah when saying la ilaha to bring to mind that everything that is ghayrullah all the things in our heart that distract us from Allah Ta'ala and all the dirt and filth that is in our heart, everything we've taken and thrown out. And illallah, there is this nur and light that is settling in the heart, which is the love of Allah Ta'ala. <coughs> La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu tabarak wa ta'ala alayhi wa ala alihi wa ashabihi وَأَصْحَابِهِ وَبَارَكَ وَسَلَّمَ تَسْلِيمًا كَثِيرًا كَثِيرًا يَا رَبِّ صَلِّ وَسَلِّمْ دَائِمًا أَبَدًا عَلَى حَبِيبِكَ خَيْرِ الْخَلْقِ كُلِّهِمِ جَزَ اللَّهُ عَنَّا نَبِيَّنَا مُحَمَّدًا صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمْ بِمَا هُوَ أَهْلُهُ <تصفيق> 
Recite Allah hundred times with this in mind that just as there's a tongue in the mouth, there's a tongue in the heart also. And both are simultaneously saying Allah and everything around us is also saying Allah. Allah, Allahu Jalla Jalaluhu Amma Nawaluhu 
Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive this great ingratitude of ours, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, forgive us out of your grace and mercy, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, your forgiveness is for sinners, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are your sinners, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. And make us your obedient servants, Ya Allah. Every moment of our life that is spended in your obedience, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, save us from everything that is haram, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from all haram actions, Ya Allah. Save us from every kind of haram income, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, save us from every drop and every grain of haram, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, save us from the sins of the eyes and ears, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the tongue, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Purify our hearts, Ya Allah. Remove all the pride, the malice, the jealousy, the greed, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, remove all the evil qualities from our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, fill our hearts with Iman, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with Yaqeen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with Taqwa, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with Tawakkul, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with your Muhabbat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with your Muhabbat, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the Muhabbat of Deen, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of the Quran Sharif, Ya Allah. Fill our hearts with the love of Salah and Zikr and Dua, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, fill our hearts with the love of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, grant us the love of His Mubarak way of life, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make the Sunnah more beloved to us than everything in the world, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, give us a tawfiq of following the Sunnah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alamin, put the hatred of the ways of the enemies of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from the ways of the Yahud and Nasara, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you grant us complete itminan in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us complete contentment in our hearts, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, save us from all the fitna and fasad, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save our families, Ya Allah. Save our relatives and friends, Ya Allah. Save the entire ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, you keep us steadfast on deen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, keep us steadfast on deen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, throughout the world, wherever the Muslims are suffering, remove their hardships and difficulties, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, shower down your maghfirat on the Muslims, Ya Allah. Shower down your rahmat on the Muslims, Ya Allah. Shower down your barakat and blessings on the Muslims, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, remove the oppression from the Muslims, Ya Allah. Remove the poverty and hardships, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we acknowledge that all this is due to our sins, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, you forgive us, Ya Allah. Give us and the entire ummah the tawfiq of those amal that bring down your rahmat, Ya Allah. Allah, give us in the entire ummah the tawfiq of staying away from all those amal that bring down the azab, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, grant hidayah to one and all, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, spread the winds of hidayah, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alamin, Ya Allah, make our amal according to the way of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, grant us the mu'amalat of Nabi, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, grant us the mu'asharat and social life of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, make our akhlaq like the akhlaq of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, grant us compassion and kindness, Ya Allah. Grant us generosity, Ya Allah. Grant us sabr, Ya Allah. Grant us shukr, Ya Allah. Grant us tolerance, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fill our hearts with all the good qualities, Ya Allah. Remove all the evil qualities from our hearts, Ya Allah. Tell all those who have passed away, fill their covers with nur, Ya Allah. Make their complete maghfirat, Ya Allah. Run them the high stages in the akhirat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, at the time of our death, take us with the kalima, La ilaha illallah, Muhammadur Rasulullah. Ya Allah, take us on iman e kamil, Ya Allah. Take us on tawbat and nasuh, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, take us at a time that you are pleased with us and we are pleased with you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from a bad death, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us khatma bil khair, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from death in a condition of sin, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, save us from death in a place of sin, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, make our qabr's gardens of Jannah for us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant us the shafat of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ya Allah, let him be happy to see us on the day of Qiyamah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, give us that situation and that na'mat, Ya Allah. That Nabi Islam is happy to see us, Ya Allah. That he embraces us, Ya Allah. He give us the water of kawsar with his mubarak hands, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, save us from that situation, Ya Allah. That Nabi Islam is displeased to see us, Ya Allah. And that he says, Sohkan and get away from you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, who is going to save us if Nabi Islam chases us away, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, grant us Jannatul Firdaus without any reckoning, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those who are sick, give them shifai kamila, ajila, mustamirra, daima. Ya Allah, remove every trace of their illness, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, grant complete afiyat to one and all, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those in any kind of difficulties and hardships, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who are in financial difficulties, remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Grant barakat in each one's rizq, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, those who are suffering in worries and depression and anxiety and stress, Ya Allah, you remove it with afiyat, Ya Allah. Fill the hearts with happiness, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, full, unite the hearts of the Ummah, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, unite the hearts of spouses, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of parents and children, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of brothers and sisters, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, unite the hearts of family members, Ya Allah. Unite the hearts of the Ummah of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Ilahul Alameen, all the work of deen that is taking place, accept it, Ya Allah. Make it a means of hidayat, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, all those who asked us to make dua for them, Ya Allah, grant them the best of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Remove all their difficulties 
and hardships, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all those who are present and all those who have raised their hands to this dua. Ya Allah, you are the know of the unseen, Ya Allah. You know each one's needs, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, fulfill each one's needs from the ghayb, Ya Allah. Remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah. Grant the best of dunya and akhirah to each one, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'alaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَنَعُوذُ بِكَ مِنْ شَرِّ مَسْتَعَاذَكَ مِنْهُ نَبِيُّكَ وَحَبِيبُكَ سَيِّدُنَا مُحَمَّدْ صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله